the ticket to entry, it's really what's your value proposition? Why would any um, uh, employee want to work for you? And you've got to deliver it more than just the, the tangibles, it's the intangibles, it's what you do in the community, things that you help with, uh, what your people say about you. And so I think that's another important part of it is you have to really be an ambassador. You really have to. You're listening to the voice of Manny Laura who is a senior human resource professional spending over 15 years in healthcare for major health systems. He's worked across many of the HR functions and closely with senior leaders in ensuring best people strategies for attracting, engaging, and developing talent. In this episode, he's going to share with us his career journey as a specialist in HR and also share with you tips about HR development for new employees working in the public health sectors and what you as current employees can do to develop your skills to be much more marketable and be an ambassador for your organization. So stay tuned and listen on. Hello, friends. This is the What is Public Health podcast with your host, Dr. Ki Chan. What is public health? To me, public health is the invisible force that keeps you healthy every day, and I bet you didn't even know it. This podcast is your source of the latest trend in public health. This podcast will help refresh your skill sets, upskills, reskill, and get the latest tips on professional development so you can do your best work serving the public. This episode, I'm very delighted to have my colleague and good friend, Manny Laura who is a specialist in human resources. And he's been in this field for many years, and I'm just so delighted that he's gonna share his career journey as a specialist in human resource management, and also uh, share with you some of some of the um, new ventures that he's exploring now. So you can maybe consider um, using some of these applications to help you in your job search, your professional development. Manny, you know, some of the questions that I get asked often is what is HR? Oftentimes people think of HR as associated with just hiring and firing. And I know that HR, um, human resources, probably do a lot more things. So I was wondering if you could tell us more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I would think that a lot of people have considered HR as very, uh, what I would say, transactional. So maybe a lot of maybe administrative type work or processing uh, and that's probably how it used to be. I'm sure it was. Uh, I know it was like that early in my career. However, uh, these days with the, the, the workforce dynamics that, are, that we're experiencing, I would say more so with um, the change in job demands, the increase in technology, um, the, uh, the, the um, lower labor pool that's out there with aging uh, uh, baby boomers that are now, you know, retiring in a, a significant amount, and then not not seeing a lot of the replacement skill set and experience, we're we're having to move pretty quickly to adapt to those changes, and and so HR has had to really evolve itself to be more forward thinking and strategic. So no longer um, can you wait for the issues to come to you. You really have to start to look around corners, start to evaluate what is the future of your workforce look like both from um, a demographic perspective, I think that's another very important uh, um, uh, concept to look at as well as how how, uh, significant the uh, diversity is is increasing within within, uh, the labor pool and how much uh, employers need more diverse staff, diverse thinking, diverse uh, ethnicities, backgrounds, uh, even age groups. And so that's the other part is we're having to really move much quicker uh, the skills that an HR professional brings 
with a lot of our experience has been um, how do we coach leaders? How do we coach staff? Uh, and, and again, it's, it's, it's more of the coaching of how, helping them uh, um, develop and, and be more effective as leaders and staff, uh, as well as being uh, more nimble around up, what, what we would call upskilling. And upskilling is really uh, the jobs are changing. They're becoming more technical or more advanced. How do we help our, our current workforce uh, bridge that gap, whether it's through formal education, on-the-job experience, apprenticeship, uh, mentorship. And so we're really having to um, kind of bridge those gaps and help uh, um, uh, leaders uh, identify that. And, and that's the thing with HR. You're, you get into a lot of uh, the operations. Uh, you see a lot from from the beginning to the end of that whole employment cycle. So it's really important that we're able to um, collaborate and connect with each other so that we can identify those gaps. And so, you know, I would say training and development is really big. Uh, I would also say leader coaching. You want to make sure you have effective leaders as well uh, that are able to, um, you know, encourage and engage their staff because then they they end up staying longer. You don't have to replace that staff when, when there are issues with um, leadership. So I would also say that, um, uh, beyond that, it's still recruiting. It's still pretty heavy, but it's going to be a different type of recruiting. It's going to be looking for future skill sets, not what we've had to um, what we've had in the past. So, so yeah. So it's becoming very dynamic these days. So it's no longer um, just a transactional role. It's very transformative. I would say. Thank you for sharing that of, of a more clear, giving us a clearer definition of HR is that it's just beyond just like the hiring, the beginning of one's employment and the end of employment that, that actually HR provides coaching, professional development throughout the course of one's employment time. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'd, al I'd also add that, you know, something that I think is really important too is that HR is also an ambassador for the organization. So uh, they, you, you know, you have to be, um, you know, uh, develop those marketing skills as well because you're trying to, um, you know, no longer, uh, you know, paying benefits are the, the, the ticket to entry. It's really, what's your value proposition? Why would any um, uh, employee want to work for you? And you've got to deliver it more than just the, the tangibles. It's the intangibles. It's what you do in the community, things that you help with, uh, what your people say about you. And so... I think that's another important part of it is you have to really be an ambassador. You really have to enjoy um, the employer you work for um, and, and be able to speak highly of them with others. So, yeah. And to add to that point on value proposition, what are tips on human resource development for new employees, specifically working in the public sector, like where their work is really focused on giving value to society, but how do you recruit people um, to these jobs when oftentimes when they think of these nonprofit or public health jobs that's low pay and there's a lot of work and, and it's big yeah. brother watching, but maybe you can help demystify um, those myths and just share some tips on human HR development. Yeah, that's a great question. And um, that, you know, I, in my experience, I, I, I am a board member in a few nonprofits and I've worked with charitable uh, care organizations as well. Um, and mo most of the healthcare systems I work for have been nonprofit as well. Uh, and it is, it's about making sure you find the right people, the people that want to be there for the right reasons. Um, and being transparent to say, look, you know, this isn't going to be 
uh, a for-profit type job where maybe the compensation is much higher. Uh, but we're going to do the best we can. And I would say, you know, when you can make the best offer you can for your staff based on skill set, based on um, experience, uh, do that. And, um, you know, that's at a minimum. And, and we look at, you know, we study management principles um, related to uh, what are motivators, what are hygiene factors. And really, you know, pay is not necessarily a motivator. You're not going to you're not going to have somebody work harder because they're getting a uh, you know more pay or a higher uh, a bonus if they don't if they're not um, if they're not um, enriched if they're not satisfied with the work that they're doing their money won't matter for them so it really is about what is what is the role what are they what what are they contributing to uh, you also look at you know what kind of autonomy you can create for folks to be able to create and develop uh, uh, new things. Uh, Things that they can they can essentially be associated with. So there's a lot of things you can do to promote uh, positions in public health that that you that would speak to. I would even say more so the, the newer workforce generation around wanting to contribute, wanting to um, have something of value and worth that they that they're identified with. So if you can identify those pieces within your organization, start and lead with that with folks that want to come work for you. And again, it's all about take your time finding the right people and don't, don't just fill seats. And, and unfortunately we, we've, you know, I think HR has been pressured to do that in the past. And, you know, a lot of what we have to do then is, is help with our, our hiring leaders and, and managers to make sure that we are hiring the right people uh, that because then they, they end up staying longer. They end up having uh, more satisfying careers with that organization. So. Well, I'm glad that you put a positive plug for folks to consider jobs in public health, since that's an area that I'm in. Um, but how do we encourage people to stay in their current position, like now that they're in the job and they may be yeah. tempted for other opportunities? So what are some human resource tips that you can share for yeah. current employees? Like maybe like, do you offer them workshops or what are some skill building techniques yeah. um, that you can encourage current employer employees um, to consider staying yeah, I would say, you know, it's really important to, um, I, I would say, get out of your um, area, kind of learn the organization, go in different spots, uh, different corners of the organization, find out what other people do, ask them questions about what they do, um, because it does pique, you know, it piques curiosity about, you know, could I be interested in something else? Can I go to another area within the organization? Um, I think that uh, at some point you get to a point where you maybe master that position, and then what's next? You know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be upward mobility. It could be lateral. It could even be, you know, a downward uh, position that you're just learning uh, breadth of, of knowledge so that you can be more um, um, effective for a, a leadership role or some other role, you know, down the line. Uh, I would also encourage uh, professionals to talk to maybe senior leaders that are in other positions as well and just take some time to find out how they grew their careers what kind of um, uh, experiences they, they had. A lot of times in my experiences, when you talk to senior leaders, you find out that they didn't quite have a straight line to that, that position. Uh, it's a, kind of a meandering path, uh, running into others, it, you know, sometimes even fortuitous events, and they, they, you know, they're asked to take on an assignment and they you know, you know, end up enjoying it and want to do more of it. So you know, talk to others that, are, that have gone before you to see how did they get to that role. Uh, and I think if you continue to to lead with curiosity, uh, you start to, to kind of create your own path of what you want to do. And the other piece I would say is um, uh, advocate for yourself. You're your own best advocate for your career. 
Um, you can't wait. You can't sit back and wait for somebody to to kind of pluck you from the ranks. You really have to speak up and 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 be transparent with your leader, um, your leadership team, and say, you know, here's where I see myself uh, in the next couple of years. Here's what I'd like to pursue. Um, and also take on other assignments that might be something different that you've not done before. So it just gives a lot of um, uh, uh, what I would call job enrichment as well. So. Well, those are very helpful tips. Um, for our listeners, I just want to summarize this. Um, if you're in a current position and you're maybe feeling a little bit unchallenged and instead of thinking about leaving the organization, like you're, Manny, what you're saying is to encourage them to maybe um, go over to the next building or the next floor to learn what other people are doing within the organization and to see if there's projects that you can lend a hand or even learn a new skill. And I like how you phrased um, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a vertical movement, or it could be a lateral or even downward um, uh, moving across the organization to um, connect and learn new skills. I really like that advice that you shared. Yeah, and, and a lot of, I'll, I'll add to that, a lot of uh, HR departments are becoming more sophisticated with well, creating what we call succession planning. Uh, what that means is, you know, leaders identifying who are their successors. I think it's in the past has been kind of an off topic or offhand topic because um, you, people worry about their own position, but it's, it's you're really preparing people for the future. And, you know, uh, and if somebody could fill in a spot, you have identified those skill sets and as well, you're, you're recognizing the talent you have um, and those, those um, within the workforce as well. So. And are there any specific skill set you think, um, uh, employees working in public health need to be aware of? I'm just curious, like, since you've been in working in healthcare or health-related industry. Yeah. You know, I, um, in my experience, I would say, uh, you know, a lot of folks have passion for what they do. And um, the other part of that would be resilience um, because it's, they're, they're, you know, in healthcare, and you know this as well, it can be a, it can be a, t a difficult day or a, you know, time of time of year, whatever it might be, um, and so how do you get through those those um, those tough times? And you know, it's not it's not always easy work. It, it isn't. It is fulfilling. I mean, at, at the end of the day, over the long term, it, it's fulfilling for you. You feel like you've done something uh, important. And uh, I know, you know, in my role, I, I hadn't been like directly involved, but helping those that do, you know, and um, uh, I would say, yeah, you know, just making sure you understand, you know. At the end of the day, why you're there, what difference you can make, and, and as much as possible, try and connect in with uh, your other teammates who uh, who kind of support you, who keep you going. Uh, a lot, you know, I think that you see a lot of that in public health because you're all in. You know, my, my time was I was in the Navy for a number of years prior to HR, and you know, you're in a ship uh, with a crew of 300. There's no, there's really, you know, you can't go it alone. You've got to work together. Uh, and so, more especially in public health, you don't have a lot of resources, you don't have a lot of funding. So you really have to, you know, pull together and 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 make sure that you have a good team with you as well. So. Yeah, I agree with that. It's like public health is a teamwork um, basis, right? Like uh, one 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 not one person can fix public health. It's definitely based on teamwork. Um, you know, so Manny, I know that you have, you've worked in HR for many years, and so you probably have coached many individuals while they're in their 
new employment and while they're working in their employment and as they get through promotions or demotions. But, you know, sometimes people do end up leaving the organization. So I would love if you can share maybe a, a few stories about like what happens when someone transitions out to position like those do those exit interviews really matter? And what's the best way to not burn bridges when someone does end up leaving? Yeah, I would say, um, yeah, I, that um, when when you do want to understand why folks are leaving, and sometimes they may not be as open or candid because it, it could very well be maybe some challenges they had with you know colleagues or leaders, um, and they they don't want to leave um, they don't want to leave uh, in in bad terms in any way in case you know there's an opportunity to come back or you know people asking for a reference. Um, I would say if, if you if there's a way to have a more of an objective third party to be part of that process, and I've talked to leaders, you know, leaders I've worked with, to say, you know, you really get better insight when it's not like the direct leader or somebody in the department, but somebody who can um, basically assure them that their response is, you know, confidential. But we're just trying to gain some insight so we can resolve any issues that might be present we aren't we're not aware of, or if it's a system issue or structural issue we can address those as well. But you wanna try and capture that that information before somebody leaves. Um, otherwise, you may not never get it afterwards. I mean, folks, once they leave, they really don't, um, you know, they, they don't they wanna move on to the next thing. So if, if when you get that notice, it's an opportunity to talk to somebody about, you know, the, the real reasons why they're, why, why they're leaving, making sure that they feel comfortable about that. Um, and, uh, you know, and certainly some, and many times it's just, you know, another, career opportunity, and that's the other thing, is if they leave for um, other opportunities we, we could have otherwise offered, uh, you know, there's an opportunity for the organization to look into that to say, what can we do earlier? Uh, what kind of career pathing can we uh, identify for, for, for staff before they leave, before they don't, they realize that, that you know, there's something else there. So, so I think it's really important to try and find those root cause issues as best you can. So. But you know, with somebody leaving, you know, you want them to feel like they can say, um, you know, feel comfortable about saying why they're why they're leaving, um, to to address it, uh, to approach it as if they want to leave the organization in better shape, and as well, um, make sure that that they're you know trying to also better the the environment for their colleagues as well. So, well, that's good to know that information shared by individuals who are who are about to leave or or transitioning out um could be used for decision making but i you did mention that if it's like a structural thing or a systems issue can you elaborate what those what that means and can that actually make a difference like with the exit interview like can structural issues and system issue change based on exit interviews or it's just just a matter of yeah. fact filling in the blank no, it, it can actually, and we've we've had some saves um, when when we sat down and did the exit before somebody left. And you know, in a particular role, uh, you know, a medical role, um, we we learned that the individual was leaving for a higher pay for another organization. Um, before they left, we wanted to make sure that we we did all that we could. We were aligned, our compensation was aligned properly, that we were being competitive, and and there was an opportunity to change that. And so we. We were able to do that and, and re, you know reapproach the individual you know and they were they were willing to stay and we made those adjustments so i think that's one example of a system issue where you know maybe we we didn't we weren't as 
proactive or uh, insightful around some of the comp structure and you know that that one instance allowed us to to resolve it so so sometimes you can find out like you, you can go you, you can find out a little bit more and then and and um, and put some solution in place so so what are so thank you for sharing um thank you for sharing the your your tips on human like hr and uh, and and the impact of exit interviews um, that could have in future organizational development. Um, so let's just I'd like to take an, another turn to like learning more about your 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 career path, Manny. Like what yeah. got you started as a specialist in HR? I know that you said that you were in the Navy for some years. Like what? How how did you decide to transition into that? Yeah. So when I was getting ready to leave, I I was earning a master's in uh, human resources, uh, I, I just looked at the, you know, the subject, the content of being able to, to um, provide support to, to leaders, coach leaders and staff. You know, I looked at it differently than just transactional, even from the onset of my career. Uh, I got into a role, it's called an HR business partner um, that really is, is kind of the utility player for, for an HR uh, Department. They work closely with with uh, operations leaders, um, really serving as that conduit to uh, like benefits and compensation and recruiting. So I would always I always consider it some, somewhat like the you're building a house and you work with the general contractor. The contractor knows enough about you know electrical and plumbing and you know carpentry that they can go between the the um, the client and the um, and the builder. You know, so I, I think that. It was a it was a pretty simple and neat analogy, um, but you also can work with those leaders to be, be to be more strategic as well. So that's what I enjoyed about my role is is to, you know delivering the strategy, but also connecting in with the tactical, so that you have you know have support around you. And um, so that's uh, that's kind of what I've been doing for the last 15 years, more primarily in, in healthcare and bigger healthcare systems too, but when you work with a department in like large organizations, it's almost like you're working with a mini company as well. You know, you've got, you know, you've got financials, you've got, you know, supply chain, uh, HR, things like that. So it's almost like mini companies within bigger companies potentially. So. Well, thank you for sharing your um, career path. And we would love to know, like, what are some things you know now that you didn't know then? Um, it could be professional or, or personal. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I would say, um, and I and I took some time to think about this one too. Is uh, is that sometimes you uh, you go down a path that you think should be the path that you should be going down, and and you, you don't know any different. You're told certain things are the way they are because that's how they've always been done, and so we stay in our lanes. We don't deviate, and um, and I think early in my career, I did a lot of that, and even in you know, uh, uh, personal life as well. And then you, you figure out like it doesn't have to necessarily be this way. Um, you can make different choices and decisions. Um, you can step out of your lane, out of your comfort zone, and do something different. And I think that's the scariest part for a lot of people is um, going against the norm. And uh, but you know, I think that if that's who you are, um, you know, if you don't do anything different than that, then, then it's going to be, um, you know, you look back and you're like, well, I should have done, could have done a lot of different things differently. 
Uh, and you don't want to regret that. You want to, you know, it's never too late to make those changes or decisions as well. And so pursuing you know, different career paths and, and something that's interesting and unique. So, um, yeah, and, and frankly, I've done that with my career right now. And I, you know, I certainly can go into some of that if, if you'd like. Um, but uh, no, I recently left. Yeah, so I really recently left uh, the healthcare world to pursue entrepreneurship. Uh, so I'm working with two uh, local startups. One works with uh, diversity recruitment and not just recruitment, but also retention and engagement of diverse talent. So that's what I bring to the table is more of that assessment of the organization to say, how are you retaining and engaging uh, people of color for your organization if they're, you know, if they're not wholly represented in that department or organization. So make them feel included, make them feel uh, welcome, help them with their careers, et cetera. Uh, the other thing would, the other organization I'm, I'm working with is, um, is an organization that uh, we're doing some uh, staffing for the hospitality industry. So we are um, starting to uh, create uh, opportunities. We're kind of tapping into what, what people call the gig economy, right? So there's a lot of folks that are working multiple jobs, multiple opportunities, freelancing. Um, so there's a, there is a ready available labor pool out there and they're, but they just don't work the same way that we, you know, nine to five kind of Monday through Friday schedule. So it's much more um, uh, spread out and, uh, and uh, flexible. And so we're, we're taking uh, um, that opportunity to look at what availabilities or what opportunities are there for, let's say bars, restaurants, and hotels to need to staff those uh, positions uh, on demand um, in a moment's notice and tap into that labor pool of available uh, uh, talent. So, so we're working on that as well. And I kind of bring that HR lens of you know, the staffing piece and you know, what's compliance and making sure we're also offering flexibility for the, 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 the talent pool. So. so yeah, those are two pretty exciting things right now. So. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Manny. Um, the the first um, the first topic was related to um, diversity recruitment, and I think that's such a huge um, topic now, right? That you know, in order for yeah. organizational to to survive and thrive, to consider their diversity pool, because when you bring in different people from different lenses of life, it can really create a space for innovation, engagement, and just new opportunities. So that's great. And then the second venture that you're exploring is um, really tapping into the gig economy. It's like, it's almost to me, it sounds like it's the Uber app for um, jobs, like on a moment notice, like I need this to be yeah. done. Are you within yeah. walking distance or yeah. how can you get here to get this work done? I mean, does, you, you is that might... what that sounds like? Absolutely. That is a very simple um, uh, analogy to what we're trying to do is the Uber for hospitality. You could very well even be sitting in that establishment and get a notice that they need somebody like that that evening or right away and mm -hmm. potentially jump right in if you if you could. So so that yeah. So we're we're definitely working on that um, opportunity as well. So so yeah. I mean it, it's. Um, so both are, you know, both organizations are, are, are trying to do um, good things in the community, which is which is what I enjoy being part of as well. So, and if if the listeners here want to learn more about these two organizations that you're affiliated yeah. with, how can they learn more? Um, can you share with the website or if there's yeah. anything involved in different capacity? 
Yeah, that's great. And I, I failed to mention those organizations' names. My, my apologies. The first organization is called Colorful Connections, uh, and I'm part of the uh, the engagement team uh, for that organization. So, and then uh, we'll we'll put the website. And um, Morgan Phelps is our founder, and uh, uh, really starting to uh, get some traction here in the Milwaukee market. Second organization is very new. We just started this essentially this week. Uh, it's called WorkShift. It's the it's the, uh, the gig platform for hospitality positions. Uh, our founder uh, is Becky Yang, and so um, and I, and I, my role on that is is really trying to um, you know take a look at it from the HR perspective as well as identify uh, not only talent pool but also uh, uh, service providers, so so bars, hotels, restaurants, events, uh, and some of those in the Milwaukee market as well. So, and we'll put both of those websites on your podcast link if you'd like. So. Yes, definitely. I think our listener could um, find the links um, to those two organizations. If they want to get involved or um, participate in, yeah. in any way, they can learn more about that. So thank Absolutely. you for sharing about that. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's awesome. It's, I like how you um, share the fact that you know, the things that you don't know now, the things you know now that you didn't know then is that um, there's no one perfect path and that you can carve your path differently and how you've now transitioned applying what you, your, your years of experience in HR into these new innovative approaches, like in this new, um, or in these two different organizations, which have very similar um, theme, which is about human, human resource development. So I can see how, you know, that, um, how your path is, um, has, has carved in different ways, but it has a similar theme throughout, um, throughout this path. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a na very natural fit for me. So yeah, so as we're coming to close to our episode, I always love to ask our guests to share one golden nugget of advice that you can live with our leave us leave with our listener. Yeah, that's um, terrific. I, I I would say uh, my golden nugget of of uh, advice would be. Um, be curious, uh, ask lots of questions, um, uh, learn from others, learn from experiences, uh, apply those, what you've learned. And I think, you know, that, I think it's really important. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that would be probably my, my nugget of advice. So. Mm, that's good. Thank you for, for that. And if, listen, if listeners wants to reach out to you, what's the best way? And do you have any call to action you'd like to add to, to our listeners? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say um, how to reach me. I mean, I am pretty, um, pretty avid on LinkedIn. So my profile is out there uh, and, uh, you know, what we're doing. So I, I like to post things that are up, up and coming and relevant. Uh, and the other part, the other organization I'm involved with, just more from an, um, a very um, organic perspective, not it's, it's strictly voluntary, is an organization called Hacking HR. Uh, it's an international group that has over 80 chapters around the world. Uh, we have a chapter in Milwaukee, and kind of a curator for that here, and really trying to bring together uh, progressive HR professionals to share their insights about, um, you know, the world of work, how it's changing how we also have to adapt and change to that as well. And not only HR people, but operations, leadership, staff, 
um, you know, the, the workforce demands are changing, the expectations are changing. So it's a great platform to, um, to uh, engage uh, with others on that. And I would say, you know, the call to action is probably related to um, make sure, you know, if you're out in the work world that um, you don't settle, that you are advocating for yourself, that you're, you're asking questions about process and you're wanting to um, help organizations uh, move forward as well because there's going to be a lot of need for um, you know that next level skill as automation comes online as technology comes online more and more uh, pronouncedly in the world of work so so I would say you know folks just um, being more diligent about their positions in their organizations and making sure they're they're um, collaborating uh, collaborating with others on that as well so well, thank you so much, Manny. I really appreciate your time. And I think our listeners got a lot of great information about HR and also learned about your two organization. And, and for folks out there who are interested in connecting with other HR, um, definitely consider joining the HR Hack. It's, it's uh, international. Hacking, hacking HR. Oh, hacking HR. Sorry about that. <laughs> Don't be an HR, HR hack. HR. <laughs> Hacking HR, yeah, it's actually it, it's actually international. So there's over seventy thousand followers, and uh, yeah, about uh, chapters. We're trying to pursue two hundred chapters by the end of the year. So. Wow! And can anyone join, or do you have to be a part of HR or leadership? You don't, yeah, you do not have to be a part of HR leadership. You don't have to be part of HR. Uh, and really, there's not a, a necessarily a, a membership list. People just follow, and then like Milwaukee chapter, like I might. I'll post uh, events every month uh, when they're when they're being held, the topic, speaker, venue, and uh, it's very um, grassroots. Uh, so it's, there's no there's really no funding other than sponsors, and you know that they're just giving us space and maybe you know food and drink. But otherwise, yeah, um, it's it's a very uh, grassroots kind of effort. So yeah, folks can certainly participate anytime they want. So. Mm, all right. Well, thank you so very much, Manny. We really appreciate your time. And listeners, definitely feel free to reach out to Manny on LinkedIn, LinkedIn with him, and learn about all his new ventures. And if you have any questions in HR, I'm, I'm pretty sure Manny would be happy to help you with that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. All Thanks, right. Keith. This is great. Appreciate it. Hello, friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Manny. He gave us a lot of great tips about HR. I actually didn't realize that HR did more than hiring and firing process, but apparently HR is there for you to help develop your talents, um, provide professional development and coaching. So I would definitely visit your HR office as soon as possible. He gave us a lot of great tips for new employees or current employees working in your organization in that you should be an ambassador for your organization. Think about how you can represent your organization beyond the organization ground to the community in a time of economic uncertainty and new leadership change inside your organization and outside is there's always some level of uncertainty and that we may feel a little bit nervous about staying in an organization or whether we should switch or consider jumping ship. So resilience is a type of ability, a muscle that you develop over time where you're able to overcome change, um, your, go beyond your comfort zone and see how you can grow in this environment. So I hope you've learned a lot of great tips with Manny 
and stay tuned for the next episode on what is public health. Thanks. If you got questions about any of the episodes, feel free to reach out to me directly. And while you're there at it, please subscribe to the podcast and share the episode that you felt connected with so we could be a part of this collective invisible force called public health. Thanks.